Welcome back to Round the Cauldron, where we talk theology, philosophy, and everyday life as a modern witch. If you like the show, please leave a review wherever you listen to help other witches find me. Don't forget, you can help support the show at patreon.com slash roundthecauldron for as little as a dollar a month and get patron-exclusive content. If you're ready to hop into the show, grab some coffee, pull up a seat, and join me round the cauldron. Today, I was inspired by a YouTuber that I follow, um, Blood, Sweat, and Steel. They made a video talking about their non-pagan pagan resources, which inspired me because it's not something that we really talk about. When we talk about resources for our paganism and our witchcraft, it's normally books on different gods and goddesses or different types of witchcraft and uh, what herbs and crystals mean. We don't really talk about the different non-pagan resources that we can or should be using besides the ones that we already are. We don't really talk about the resources that aren't necessarily pagan or witchy or occult and I think that we should. I think this is a fantastic idea. I will leave a link in the description and in the show notes to Blood, Sweat, and Steel so you can watch their video. And I also want to share with you some of my non-pagan or witchy resources. But first, I want to discuss why it's important that we need to be speaking about these different types of resources. And honestly, it's not something that I had really given much thought to until I had seen Blood, Sweat, and Steel's video on the different books that they use that have nothing to do with their paganism or their craft or their path in general. Um, so definitely go watch their video so that you can get an idea of what they mean. But I am going to take this maybe in my own direction not sure how this is going to go quite yet, but I want to discuss why I think it's important that we talk about these resources and why we shouldn't be afraid to share these other resources or why we should speak more openly about them. Or even maybe we just give a little bit more thought into the resources that we use regularly that may that we may not consider to be pagan or witchy or occult. So first off, I think that we need to talk about this because if you're like me, your paganism and your witchcraft are not just things that you do, they are part of who you are. And when we are not well-rounded or we don't share the full picture um, with ourselves or with others, if we are sharing our path with others, then the whole idea of learning and using your resources widely can become convoluted and stagnant. The resources that you use in your paganism and your witchcraft should not be limited to only those two topics. There is so much more to paganism and witchcraft and we need to broaden our horizons to what resources we use and what resources we recommend. Another reason that I think we need to speak about this more and evaluate the resources that we have at our disposal is that there is more to paganism and witchcraft 
than spell books and books on the occult. Uh, this is especially true if you do hold paganism beliefs and you aren't just a secular witch. Secular witchcraft can be a little different, but I am speaking through the lens of being a pagan witch, so please keep that in mind. But there's so much more to paganism and witchcraft than spell books and books on the occult. And we should use the resources that we have wisely and not get stuck in the idea that when we look for resources, we are looking for one thing specifically. I also believe that a big part of paganism and witchcraft is cultivating a sense of self, but also cultivating those relationships with the deities and the land around you and the different spirits and entities that are in your area. However, if you are just starting out or if you're not really sure where to begin in this process, it can be helpful to have non-pagan resources to help you learn what's in your area on the physical realm and then you can move forward from there past the physical to anything on the astral or in the other world. This also comes down to building a sense of compassion for ourselves and the world around us and going back to building, building the self, you cannot build the self without any sort of basic understanding of psychology, in my opinion. Um, so this goes back to the idea of shadow work. Now, shadow work is a psychological a psychological practice. Um, it doesn't have its roots in spirituality. It doesn't have its roots in paganism. And if you're looking for accurate resources on shadow work, what the shadow is, what the id and the ego and the animus and all of that means, you're gonna have to look outside of paganism because shadow work is built from psychoanalysis, from Carl Jung and psychoanalysis and psychotherapy. It has its foundation in psychology and you're not going to find accurate psychological information in your standard pagan book. You need to look outside of those. So being able to use your non-pagan resources for your pagan path is an important skill that I think we all need to cultivate and help to blossom. There's also this idea that I think most humans need to be reminded of every once in a while, and that is the fact that there were others here before us. Um, other humans here before us, other spirits, other entities, other beings. There are other animals and living and non-living creatures that inhabit this earth with us that we as witches and pagans should be building relationships with if they're in our area. Um, I think that's extremely important, especially if you're going to work closely with the land that you inhabit. Because if you are just going out and randomly, you know, taking rocks or taking leaves and flowers and really just disregarding the nature around you, then 
there is a possibility that you're going to upset the land. You're going to upset the spirits and the entities that are in the area. And you might even accidentally upset an ecological balance by taking rocks and things that don't belong to you. I think as witches and pagans, we tend to say that we revere and honor the earth but it's not always something that's put into practice. And I think taking this step and branching out from your pagan and your witchcraft resources and going more to ecological and environmental and natural sources for information is, the, is a step in the right direction when it comes to really being in tune with the natural world around us. And it's also important to point out that the animals and the land and the entities and the beings and 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 the gods they are not here for us they're not here to serve us just because we happen to be conscious beings in the physical plane and they are conscious beings in the other world or on a different plane than we are doesn't make us superior this is why I believe it's important to cultivate that sense of relationship between yourself and the land around you. And using non-pagan resources to do that is the next step to building those relationships. So what I mean by using the non-pagan resources at your disposal when it comes to learning about the land around you, you should learn about um, native plants in your area, the native wildlife, um, if there is any history, who was on this land before you got here. Um, that's something that I feel is really important, especially here in the United States, because before it was colonized, there were, there were so many different peoples here in the Americas, and they had a way of cultivating that sense of belonging and that sense of oneness with the earth around them. And I think that as modern pagans and modern witches, the, those relationships that they built can help us to cultivate our own experiences because a lot of us are really far removed from the natural world around us. We live in houses, we drive cars, we don't grow our own food, we don't hunt for our meat, you know, we, we don't live like they did. And lessons can be learned from learning about the way those peoples lived and then also learning about the animals and the natural world around you. Those are things that you can't find in pagan and witchcraft resources. So I'd like to share some of my non-pagan, pagan resources, things that I use regularly to help me learn more about myself, to help me learn more about the world around me, and help me connect with the natural world, as well as connect with Brige, the goddess that I worship, and um, any other deity that happens to step forward or in the future if I want to cultivate a relationship with another god or goddess. Some of these are apps, some of them are websites, some of them I won't have links for because they are personal or they are just items, 
but anything that I do have a link for, I will leave in the description and in the show notes. And I want to talk about what they are and how I use them. Now, you might have similar things in your area. You might have access to similar things. You might have no idea where to even begin. So the first one that I want to talk about is an app called Seek. I believe it's available for Android and Apple. I'm not sure I have an Android. So the apps might differ slightly from the Google Play Store versus the um, Apple Store. What is it, iTunes? Uh, I'm, I'm not even sure anymore. But the first one is called Seek and it's made by a company called iNaturalist. And I actually learned about this app in a group on Facebook um, for pagan homeschoolers and wild schooling and things like that. So getting more in touch with the world around you and figuring out what is what, you know. So what Seek does is you open it up and it can help you identify different plant species and wildlife species in your area. So, for example, um, we recently went for a walk and there were these really pretty blue flowers. I have no idea what different plants are just by looking at them, unless they're familiar to me, like tulips and lilacs and roses and different common plants that we all see pretty regularly. So, what you do is you open the app and you open your camera and it has a reminder. It says, you know, please make sure that you're using this in a safe area. Also, don't eat anything if you're not 100% sure what it is, but you open up the app and your camera, you point your camera at the flower or the plant and based on everything that is in the app, if you can get close enough or the plant has enough defining details, the app will tell you what it is. So when we went on our walk, there were those pretty blue flowers. I had no idea what they were, but they were pretty and I wanted to know what they were. So I opened up the app and I got close to it and you sort of, you move the phone around, move the camera around so you can get different angles, look at the petals, um, the stems, the leaves, things like that. And I found out that this pretty blue flower that we saw on our walk downtown um, is called a bachelor's button. And it was, it was so pretty. And I was, I just, I don't even really know what to say about this app because it is an amazing resource for learning about the things around you. I used it outside in my backyard. Um, we have big uh, cement planters that were here when we moved in that someone else had used when they lived here. And there are some things that are growing in there that I have, I have no idea what they are. Well, using the app and comparing the photos that are available on the app to the plant that's actually in front of me, I figured out that I actually have two different kinds of mustard growing in my backyard. So this app is a really good resource for learning about the natural world around you. So if you get this app, let me know how it goes for you and let me know what's in your area because I always find it fascinating when I see plants and I have absolutely no idea what they are. Now I have a way to determine 
what kind of plant this is. Now, the app is not full, it's not foolproof, you know, they're, it's, it's AI. So, it might be right, it might be wrong. You have to use your best judgment when it comes to things like that. And if all else fails, go to a plant nursery or something where they might be able to help you identify what it is better if the app seems off or the pictures that it shows you in the app don't compare well with what you actually have in front of you. But this app is an amazing resource for learning more about the plant life and the wildlife around you. And once you take these images and you learn what it is, that can lead you down a whole rabbit hole of researching that plant and finding maybe the correspondences for it, or maybe it has historical medicinal uses, or maybe, you know, maybe it's a plant that you should plant more of because it encourages the pollination of plants and bees. So, definitely, I recommend checking out Seek. It is free. It is not a paid app, which is amazing. So, not only is it a good resource, it's an affordable one. The next app that I use regularly is called Relax Melodies. It has a free version, but it also has a pro version. But this is the app that I use when I do my meditation. I've spoken about it before that I don't meditate well in silence. And Relax Melodies has so many different available sounds and you can create your own mixes. So if you want a little bit of wind, but you also want some rain and you don't want the thunder, but you want the sound of a creek, you can add all of those together, change the um, volume for each sound till you get your perfect mixture for your meditations. And you can use it for meditation, you can use it as background noise while you're working, you can use it for ambiance when you're casting a spell or when you're doing a ritual. And again, it is available on um, Google Play and on Apple. And I recommend checking it out if you're in the market for something like that. This is something that I find really helps me to relax, especially since I can create my own mixes of sound and really get it to where I want. Another app that I use all the time is my Moon Phase app. I think that's what it's called, My Moon Phases. This app is really interesting to me because I do like to see where the moon is, what the percent of illumination is, when sunrise and sunset are, and it helps me be more in tune with the world around me because what I have found for myself is that the phases of the moon really affect my mood, my energy level, and how I'm feeling. So keeping track of the moon phases like this, for me, it's not something that I necessarily do for spell work. It's more development of the self and realizing what affects me and what doesn't. But the moon phases can be used for the study of astrology or astronomy or if you're just curious about it. So I definitely recommend checking it out as well. The next resource that I want to talk about is available to basically everyone. It's going to depend on where you live, but your library. Your library has so much information to share and it's free. You just have to sign up for a library card. So 
you can use your library for research, for education, for entertainment, and your library will typically have information on native plants, native wildlife, and other things that interest you that can help cultivate your paganism outside of being a book strictly about paganism. You can find books on historical medicinal uses of herbs. You can find books on essential oils. You can find books on the people that used to live in the land that you now occupy. All of that is available to you through your local library system. Library systems also normally have a bunch of other resources, audiobooks, CDs, movies, documentaries, encyclopedias, but there's one that I use regularly that is available to me through my library, and that is Mango. That sounds really weird, but Mango is a language learning program, essentially, and it's free for me to use through my library card. This is how I'm learning Irish, and... This doesn't directly connect back to paganism because all I'm doing is learning a language. However, it helps me cultivate my paganism and my beliefs, for one, because it's a requirement that Breeze has put on me in order to fulfill a duty that I'm working towards. For two, it's a language that I've always been interested in. It's something that I've always wanted to do, and I have a free resource at my disposal through my library. So definitely check things like that out. If you don't have access to Mango, there are other language learning apps. Um, you can use things like Duolingo, Babbel, Future Learn has some language on there. Um, so many different things that you can use. You just have to look for them. The next thing that I have here on my list of things to talk about is Scribed. Now, Scribed is free, but they do have a paid version. And Scribed is a lot of things. Scribed has books, audiobooks, sheet music, audio, all kinds of stuff. It's like a library, but not. So I have the paid version of Scribed and I'm actually using it right now to research shadow work and I have access to the complete collective works of Carl Jung. And this is over 14 volumes of Carl Jung's work. And I have access to all of it through Scribed. These are things that you would only typically have access to through either an academic source, like a university. Um, libraries might have them. They don't always because it's not something that is normally heavily requested. Um, or you would have to buy them. And some of them I was looking on Amazon and there was one volume that was well over $50 for one volume of Carl Jung's work. Scribed, I believe I pay $9 a month for it and it's something that I use regularly. There is a lot of information available on Scribed. And I have access to a lot of things that I'm interested in and things that I am wanting to learn to help better myself and in turn cultivate my sense of self and be a better pagan and a better person. The last one that I want to talk about here is a resource that is specific to myself and my own practice, but the concept can be applied to anyone's practice. And this is the same thing that Blood, Sweat, and Steel did for theirs. Um, again, I definitely recommend watching their video. But for me, creating things with my hands 
helps me cultivate a relationship with Brige on that creativity level. So a non-pagan resource for me would be my crochet items, my hooks, my yarn, my buttons, my beads, everything that I have that relates back to my crochet craft is a non-pagan resource for me. And in turn, anything that can help me learn a new stitch or any patterns, those are also non-pagan resources that I use in my craft because connecting with Brige through my crochet is a very important part of my practice and it is something that I try to do on a regular basis. Lastly, I just want to say that you shouldn't limit your resources and you shouldn't discount a book or a website or a person just because what they have to offer you isn't quote-unquote witchy or pagan. Don't limit yourself to those resources because doing so creates a stagnant educational flow, if that makes sense. You cut yourself off from information that can be useful to you in your practice and that can be detrimental to your education but also to your spiritual growth. So even if a resource isn't necessarily pagan or witchy, don't discount it. Don't limit yourself to those particular topics. I want to challenge you to continue the conversation. If you have a YouTube channel or if you have a podcast or a blog or some form of social media presence, I encourage you to speak about your own experiences with this topic. And if it's something you've never thought about before, then that's even, that's even better. And if you don't have any sort of social media presence or you just want to reach out to someone else, if you're watching this on YouTube, just let me know in the comments below what some of your favorite non-pagan resources are. Podcast listeners, you can leave a comment on the show notes page for this episode or you can reach out through social media, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, all of those things. Don't forget you can join my Discord. We will also be having discussions about this over there. And then I also created a Facebook group for anyone that doesn't have Discord but still wants to get the connection with like-minded individuals, you can join that as well. I'll leave the link in the description and in the show notes. And I will talk to you soon. As always, I'd like to thank my patrons for their support. Thank you so much. You are so much appreciated. Thank you, Jess, and thank you, Rose, at wickenhomestead.com. If you'd like to help support my work here at Round the Cauldron, consider joining me over on Patreon at patreon.com slash roundthecauldron. I'll talk to you next week. Bye for now.